0: Welcome back to the show guys. It's good to be with you as always. Um, this week I have an awesome conversation that's been long overdue, uh, with a guy you may have heard on some other podcasts or maybe not, but, um, his name is Kyle camp and he runs, um, a company that he started called Valley to peak nutrition or V2P nutrition for short. And, um, you know, this is a really cool episode. You know, I've I've spoken before about my own weight loss journey. You know, I actually show a picture. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the picture of me when I was um, obese, literally, and um, and then kind of how I look now. Um, but we talk about weight loss and, and nutrition as far as weight loss goes. But we also talk about uh, performance nutrition. That is something that a lot of guys also want to know about, uh, especially as it pertains to backcountry hunting or like a heavy, you know, training schedule for backcountry hunting. And um, it's a really interesting uh, episode. And we even um, dive into um, a pretty cool discussion about, you know, there's different philosophies. You know, some guys bring a bunch of candy and like sweets and stuff back, you know, with them on the mountain. Um, for me, I, I kind of try to avoid that because probably just because for so long I was trying to lose weight, um, that, you know, the idea of kind of bringing candy with me on one of these hunts just felt weird because I don't eat candy any other time. So why would I bring it with me? But uh, anyway, we have a really good discussion because one of the things he like actually recommends, and he's a you know trained dietitian and nutritionist, is for guys to bring stuff like gummy bears, even like Twizzlers, for like a quick energy shot when you're going up the mountains. So, uh, you know, I kind of, um, I kind of tell him, you know, I'm a skeptic, like change my mind. And uh, we had a really cool discussion about that. But um, it, we hit a bunch of good topics, and it's a really cool uh, episode. And um, you know, it's it's a cliche, but. Um, you know, where weight loss really happens and where true body transformation really happens is in your nutrition and your diet and how you're eating, how you're fueling your body. So this is an important episode. Hope you guys get a lot out of it. Um, you know, and also it says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. Uh, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So, you know, we talk a little bit, I ask him a little bit about the um, spirit-body connection. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you're not treating your body well, that your mental and spiritual health is going to suffer as well. And nutrition plays a huge, huge role in that. Um, and so, you know, it, we're actually commanded to treat our bodies well. Um, and that's kind of part of being, you know, living ready, um, being the best you can be. And, um, so anyway, we get into all that stuff and more. Um, if you have not yet, please leave me a rating or review on wherever you're listening to this podcast and go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's some cool content over there. Um, got some like gear dumps, gear reviews. My Kodiak film is over there. Um so yeah check it out search my name Hunter McWaters on YouTube and I would love your subscription on there so thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next one Uh welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast I'm here today with my guest Kyle from V2P Nutrition and I think we actually like talked a little bit via messenger like you probably don't even remember it was probably like a couple years ago um but then we reconnected recently um you know I was and that was one of the things that I' initially kind of noticed about you was um you were really willing and open to answer questions just from a random person on Instagram, so anyway,
1: man it's good to finally connect likewise yeah i i I mean I appreciate you having me and I do remember I remember vividly and we started talking about coming on you know kind of doing a show together i think it was back in the fall or october and yeah. you were a busy guy which <laughs> which is great right i mean i get yeah. it it's it's the fall but um anyway I'm, I'm i'm grateful to be here now yeah man and actually
0: i'm even talking about before that like i don't think you remember this was like literally probably Two years ago, maybe like I was kind of on a weight loss journey. I hadn't even started the podcast yet, and I heard you on somewhere else, and had been asking you some questions, and you were like really helpful. So,
1: thanks for that. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. You're welcome. I I don't remember that deep of a history. I apologize, but no, um, no, if, it's good. If I was helpful, I'm, I'm glad. And so now you started your own podcast as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's relative. So it's it's um it's an infant, <laughs> but yeah, I love doing it. I mean, I, you know, so I'm a uh, I'm a dietitian by training and sort of took the formal route with that to begin with and uh, worked in a hospital for a long time, helped uh, coordinate an outpatient program here in here in Boise where we live and have always had this sort of passion for performance nutrition as well, which is what mm-hmm. led into this and maybe we'll dive into that. But um, about a year, well, not, not quite a year ago, in June or July, we, we started this business. So we started Valley to Peak about... About four years ago, really with uh, no intention of it ever becoming what it is. It just yeah. kind of started it to be helpful to people. And man, just so humbled and, and I mean, the in, indescribable feeling of just humility and gratefulness that I feel to be where I'm at. It continued to grow. I left my job in July to do this full time. Congrats. And, as the program started to grow, I knew I wanted to do a podcast because one of the things I love is I just love talking about nutrition. Yeah. Especially in today's age where it seems like we have more information than we've ever had and people are more confused than they've ever (laughs) been. Right. So what about, you know, and and geez, I'm talking to the pro here. What better way than to have a platform where you can just sit down and have conversations with yeah. people about nutrition. Uh, a lot of what we do comes from people that follow Valley to Peak. So I get questions all, like you were talking about. One of our first interactions was a conversation online. I get those all the time mm-hmm. and I love them. So questions that have stemmed off there, I've kept record of over the years. And so we just go back through and okay. not only highlight the question and provide a basic answer, but for me, it's important to describe and outline Here's the answer, and here's why that answer exists. Right, because I just think like when you know when you know the core of the of of the solution when you when you know the core of the why, then it's just like oh, it's it's not just about getting someone to buy in easier to Mm -hmm. follow a path. It's just so much easier to pursue something when you know there's fruit at the end of the of the journey. And yeah, um, anyway. That's a really long way of saying, yes, we started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
0: dude. Well, um, yeah, I think I heard you a while back. And forgive me, I'm looking at my phone not because I'm, like, texting or something. I wanted to show you a picture, and also I have kind of my notes for the podcast on my phone. So if you see me or people watching see me on my phone, I'm not being rude. I'm just looking at notes or looking for this picture. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, dude, and definitely I'm not a pro. I, you know, I've only been going for about a year or two, but it is so cool just the – um, the connections you can make with people doing this. Cause you know, you're creating content, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I've been able to talk to like some really of the biggest names in the industry and just make some really awesome connections. And it's just uh, it's great. And you talked about, you know, you're really passionate about talking about nutrition and like, you know, especially with something entrepreneurial, you know, like something like this, you know, if you're just trying to like force something to happen to like make cash or something like a lot of times people are going to burn out but you know if it's something you're really passionate about and like you really care about and just you would do it even if you weren't getting
1: paid that's when you know it's something legit you know what i mean yeah 100% 100% agree with you yeah, yeah and, and so that's you know initially when again i never really had this like oh, i'm going to set out to start this thing yeah i was on about 4 years ago i was on um a separate podcast Called the Hunt back Country Podcast. Oh yeah, so guys, I think that's where I heard you, and
0: they used to be like so that was a huge learning source of learning for me when I was getting
1: started. Oh, I'm 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 so glad to hear it. And and in the you know, so we recorded the podcast, and then into the weeks of the launch of that podcast, Mark and I, who who host that podcast, just kept conversing and sort of decided I'm just gonna get an email address, right? Because if people have questions off of this, I want them to feel yeah. confident sending those questions to someone as opposed to like nutrition expert in their mom's basement at gmail.com. So I bought a domain. I bought a, I bought a website domain for $12. Um, and we, I knew nothing about web development, but I created kind of a landing page and really just wanted this email address. So if people had questions, there was somewhere to send that to. Yeah. Uh, And then naturally like Yes, I got a lot of questions, but I also had some people like, man, I'm struggling. Could you help me dial it in a little bit more for me? Mm -hmm. And that sort of is where the business part developed and then just continued to grow. So to your point, yes, when you love what you do, and I do, it's just like... you, I mean, I can't, like, if someone were to tell me to tone it down, I would have a hard time because it's just there. <laughs> like I'm not right. conjuring it up and creating it. And a large part of that came from my own experience. Right. And, and you probably heard that in the podcast of, you know, I, I, I'm not one of those guys who grew up in a, you know, in a family of elite level athletes that ate really well, mm-hmm. found my, myself at, you know, early twenties at 270 pounds, I'm five Mm. foot six, lost 140 pounds. And so, you know, not, not just remembering the behavioral part of that journey, like everything that's encompassed in that, but also learning through my own journey. Like it is not as hard as everything I've always read, right? Like all of the detailed minutiae stuff that everyone's always said matters. I didn't do any of that. And I've not struggled, you know, yeah. or, and I, and I was able to lose my weight. Right. And so fast forward, went to school, lo and behold, even, even school, even science, even the discipline of dietetics says that stuff doesn't matter either. Mm. Right. And, and so anyway, that, I think that's where that passion comes from is it's just like, I want people to know because everyone who's, everyone who reaches out has tried. geez. I mean, if I were to say one thing, that would be an understatement, usually multiple things. Right in terms of trying to get their nutrition in alignment with what their goals are. And they've all circled back to failing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that passion is, I want people to know it's not something you're doing. You just don't have like, you just don't have that. The plan's not right. It's not your, it's not that something's wrong with you. You've been given a bad set of tools. It'd be like giving someone the task of building a house and then giving them a, a a ballpoint pen. It's like, well, what am I going to do with this? Right. Right. You got to have the right tools to do the job. So Anyway, yeah. I think that that's probably where a lot of this stems from. Yeah. And like you said, it's
0: it's not easy, but it is simple. I mean, weight loss boils down to burning more than you're putting in. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, that's it. And so I want to dig. Um, and also, I like your point about, you know, <clears throat> there's something to be said. You know, I saw this in my own like personal journey, even like my spiritual journey with going to Bible school and stuff like that. But like. Um, school's great, not knocking it, but like, I mean, I, I think I would much rather listen to someone about nutrition who's been overweight, knows what it's like, knows what it feels like, knows how hard it is to lose a significant amount of weight and keep it off. Um, again, not difficult in terms of like having to know a lot, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's simple, but it's not easy. But, um, I just love the fact that you've been there. You've, you've felt that. And, you know, I, Excuse me. I've had my own kind of weight loss journey. I will to show you this picture right now. So people are listening to the podcast, this is your clickbait to go on YouTube and watch. I'm about to show my before and after picture from from me. So I was 250 at about uh, six feet, and then that's at me at 175, and um, I'm
1: not quite that lean right now, but... <laughs> So maybe maybe we should flip the script and say, like, what did you do? What were some things that you did to to Yeah. To and get that weight off. And and I mean, even if you're not at your leanest point, and I think we're gonna talk about this yes, whenever we do light to dive into that later. Be too light because I'm not my lowest weight, and that was intentional. Mm-hmm. But I do want to dive into that later. Even if you're not at your leanest weight now, you're clearly not the other not the guy on the left. All right. right? Yeah. So
0: what what were some things that you did? For me, I mean, um, I think probably listening to some of your stuff was helpful there, too. But a couple things. One was just having the motivation and a goal. So, you know, I just realized one day, like, I feel gross. I feel like a slob. I feel weak. I don't feel like a man. Like, I'm embarrassed to take my shirt off in front of my own wife. This is like something's got to change. Then I had, um, so that was a start, and then eventually also having a goal of, I got invited to go on a trip to Alaska, a backcountry, you know, backpacking style hunt, and started realizing what that was going to require of me physically, and where I needed to be, and where I was, and having a positive goal to shoot for. Um, And then, like, in terms of the nitty gritty stuff, I mean, um, it, it really came down to, A, Jo- I joined a CrossFit gym. and not saying you have to join a CrossFit gym. I know people are, you know, different sides of the coin there, but for me, the community, the programming, um, the other people around me kind of encouraging, kind of sparking that um, uh, competitiveness a little bit uh, got me going because before I'd kind of fallen into a um, a rut of just kind of going in, like you know, benching a little bit, doing some bicep curls, some tricep stuff, and like maybe jog a mile and go home. You know what I mean? Do the same thing, and, but having that that um that that community, the people around me, and the programming. But then where it really took off, which is as you know, is when I started tracking every single thing that went in my mouth, and I just got that free app, uh, My Fitness Pal, and um, I, I still track some um and you know i'll go through kind of phases where i'm like all right i need to track a little bit kind of get back on track um but that's where it really started to to come off is when i you know i worked with my crossfit coach who's also does nutrition training and coaching and stuff she kind of helped me figure out the macros on there but mainly it's just like you like i've heard you say before it's just a very simple equation. You got to be burning more than you're putting in your mouth and have that deficit over a long period of time. And so that's that's basically
1: it. Yeah, and that that, you know, that tracking piece, I think often intimidates a lot of people, but something we really drive home. I mean, our our, our program's broken up into three phases. The third phase is the third phase gets rid of that, right? Mm. So the idea with tracking isn't that it's it can I mean some guys love it. Right yeah. and you could do it forever if you wanted to yeah. if you're that guy. Most people though hate it. I mean they find it they find it meticulous. They don't picture themselves doing it long term and that's the beauty. It doesn't have to be. Right. But if you were to throw 100 people in a room and you were to give them all measuring spoons and you were all give them all boxes of life cereal, you said, "Okay, everyone, <laughs> open up the box of life cereal." pour what you think is a cup in that bowl that's in front of you. There'd be a hundred different sizes there. Yeah. If we repeated the same thing and we said, okay, everyone use your measuring cup, everyone would have the same measurement. So there's value in just knowing those things. And it's not something that needs to be, needs to be done, um, forever. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I love what you said there. And I think one of the most, profound things to me is like you had something that was intrinsically driving you towards making these changes and it was worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like the trip to Alaska, you had your CrossFit people and just that herd mentality and, um, those things can be pretty profound too. And here's the thing, like the, the, the nutrition and the weight end of things, and this isn't just weight loss. Like some people reach out and they want to gain weight. They want to put on yeah. muscle. They want to do these other things. And at the end of the day, it is that simple equation, but most the, – the barrier – that exists between where people are and where people want to be isn't because we can't do basic math it's everything else right like this is i like i was talking to someone yesterday and they were asking me about what i do i said honestly i think about 90 percent of my job is psychology not (laughs) not nutrition it's it's everything else about life and social situations and the inconvenience of planning and prepping and all of those things that mm-hmm. make it so hard. And so really what the journey becomes and this goes kind of back to your comment on CrossFit. It becomes about finding what you like, what go- strategies that that are going to work for you. And then implementing those there at the end of the day, that one goal does need to be achieved. The calorie piece of things, no matter what the weight goal is, how you get there, there is no right way. There is no wrong way. And so some people may have their own thoughts on CrossFit, but those thoughts really don't matter because they worked for you. And that is what matters the most, which is why you've not only had such dramatic success, but clearly managed it and maintained it over the years. I, I love those points that you made. Yeah. So what, I guess, what were, was there anything that I kind of
0: didn't hit that maybe on your weight loss journey, uh, was important for you or, um, like anything else, just kind of about your, um, you
1: know, your journey in terms of losing all that weight that was important? No, I mean, mine was, mine was the same except for my initial, um, my initial, you know sort of ideology behind okay I've got to figure something out with my life I'd been weight I'd been overweight my whole life mm-hmm. and then end of my early 20s I was at 270 I'm only 5 foot 6 so like you could look at me and be like mm, mm that's not going to be a good road <laughs> yeah. you know especially early early in my 20s And started going to the doctor regularly, started having things like high blood pressure and some of these other little health things that, you know, I know would have continued to grow had I not Mm -hmm. changed. But really the catalyst, and I don't want to make this real dramatic because it wasn't at the time, but one Christmas morning, uh, we'd finished opening gifts with our family. Went back down to, I went back to bed just to lay down for a little bit before the rest of the family came for the big Christmas deal Um, from the Midwest. So it's full of casseroles and like just (laughs) bracing myself for the day. (laughs) And I I started having just these really bad chest pains. Now, Mm. at that time, I didn't know anything about health. I didn't know, you know, you can have just random chest pains that really are idiopathic. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. At the time, I thought chest pains meant something's wrong, so I started just realizing, like, man, I need to change something with my life, and it just started small. Like, you know, I'd still go out to eat, but what I would change what I'd ordered, mm-hmm. and then I started re- exercising regularly, and like you, even when I started tracking my nutrition. And at that time, what was popular was something called Spark People. And it was all web-based. There was no like phone, internet access, ability to log on Mm -hmm. the phone or anything like that at that time. So I would get in every day and log what I ate. And that was really where I started to get such a good understanding of how nutrition worked. And it was just like the way that my brain is wired is if I get an answer to something, I want to know why that answer worked that way. And then I want to know, okay, well, why did that answer work that way? And so I just, I would keep asking why about things. Right. And then that drove me by the time I'd taken my weight off. I was like, I was kind of at a, at a crossroads in my own life. Interestingly enough, I'd just finished Bible school oh, nice. uh, and I had been dating a girl at the time who had just finished nursing school. I knew, uh, this is a complete rabbit trail, but I'd been That's involved okay. in youth ministry Totally burnt out. Did not want to go use my credentials with uh, with ministry. Knew I had to do something with my life. Started exploring what was available at the local university. Saw dietetics. Went to an academic advisor. She said, "You got no science, no math background. You weren't a good student. I would steer you more <laughs> towards kind of basic health." I said, "That's all fair. I'm going to sign up for dietetics, and I'm going to go that route." if I start failing classes and see like that road is pointless, Mm -hmm. then I'll quit. I'll change, you know, midway. Cause a lot of those classes lined up and man, I just basically had no life for many years. I, you know, I'm not naturally smart. I just invested my life and my time into that and learning it past. That's what moved me to the West. You do kind of an internship residency type program. They place Mm -hmm. you out here. Um, So when I came out to Idaho, when they matched me in Idaho, I thought, Oh, that sounds miserable, but I'll go, I'll finish it. I'll move back to the Midwest, came to Idaho, (laughs) saw the mountains for the first time. I was done uh, been, been here ever since. And so that was, you know, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't grow up backpacking. I didn't grow up in relation. I mean, I didn't do anything outdoors growing up. Mm. I didn't find that stuff until later. Right. And hopefully even just hearing that guy I know there's a lot of guys that are starting to get interested in hunting but feel this giant barrier because Mm -hmm. they didn't have that exposure when they were younger and it is hard and I owe a lot of what I do know which isn't a ton but a lot of what I do know about western hunting to guys who were just so patient with me and taking me with them teaching me over the last you know however many years it's been and uh, it's still definitely possible. So, anyway, long term, long 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 story short, of I think that my route was the same as yours in terms of just tracking nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I think the most overlooked piece by a lot of people is consistency. Yes. A, every I've met a lot of people that are really good about doing a couple of those things with some regularity, but there's so many holes that it doesn't give you, the ability to see the winds stack up enough that mm-hmm. leads to something tangible at the end of it. Right. And, and that's what's hard because in the mind of the person, they think, well, I'm giving all the effort, right? Like I'm, I'm trying and nothing's happening and there's nothing more defeating than feeling like you're giving the effort without seeing the fruit. Yeah. And in reality, like when I sit down and I start really putting an eye to things, it's like you are trying But there's also a, just a, there's also a, the thing I love about nutrition is there is no emotion. It's complete fact. It either is there or it's not. Yeah. So even though you feel like you're trying, it's not consistent enough to see what you're hoping for. And that's okay if you're okay with what you're getting, but you can't expect this other thing if you didn't invest that work. Right. And that's, that is a, that's a, that's a harsh, that's a harsh statement, but it's also a truth. And I have those conversations a lot because like the reality is you're going to spend your whole life chasing this thing, never getting it. And it's really not because something's wrong with you. Your metabolism is not broken. You're not in starvation mode, which isn't even a thing. It's just that there's inconsistencies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, consistency is, is, is it, man. Um, I've definitely found that. And you know, on that note, like you were saying earlier, I mean, um, you know, life is about trajectory, you know, like, you know, it's so easy now to kind of want things fast and to happen very fast. But um, I liken it to like, you know, the flight path of like a bullet, you know, I mean, um, if you just think about that word trajectory, it's like, um, you know, over a 10 yard increment, that bullet looks like it's flying completely flat, but it does have an angle. And if you take that out to 500 yards that seemingly flat trajectory is going to be like 10 inches or something. Um, and so that's why, you know, that's why I feel like you can make these small changes. You don't have to, I feel like so many people go way overboard and try to, you know, overhaul their entire life in a week. Whereas if you kind of build in some incremental changes and just kind of start moving that trajectory in the right direction, um, you know, Ten years from now, you might be at a healthy weight as opposed to being seventy-five pounds overweight. Um, and you know, stuff like tracking—it's—it's um, it's a pain in the butt at first. Then you figure out, figure it out, and it gets easier. You get used to it. It's not a big deal. You can do it pretty fast. I remember when I first started I was like, oh, but then it, it really gets easy. I mean, same with eating good. Like when I started, I would, you know, I was eating fast food all the time. Um, I hated. Most healthy, you know, "quote unquote" healthy foods like vegetables and stuff. But like, at once you kind of like get past like your body craving that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Like now, I can legitimately say like my favorite food probably in the world right now is sweet potatoes. (laughs) I used to like hate sweet potatoes. Um, Like I will eat those with everything if I could. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just an example, but like it gets easier. Like. You start to crave and feel good and, and actually want those healthier foods. Same with working out. I mean, like the first couple of weeks, I remember or first couple of months. I mean, just dragging myself into the gym and just oh, just regretting it or dreading it and hating it. Now it's like I just feel weird if I don't get some kind of movement or workout in in a day. So um, I just think consistency and trajectory is is huge. Um, so is it? I guess. I want to kind of talk to you about, I saw a post the other day, you you were talking about like how light is too light. And I feel like a lot of, almost all the nutrition talk um, is about, you know, losing weight because honestly, that's what most guys need to do is cut some weight, like if we're just being honest, in America especially. But um, you brought up an interesting point about, um, and I've felt this before because, you know, for so long, I mean, I was basically in caloric deficit for like two and a half years, and like to get your two years or something. And, um, but now it's like I kind of find myself wanting to shift from like this weight loss mode, which I kind of got used to, into okay, I wanna maintain a good weight, um, but I wanna get stronger. And, um, it can be tough because, like, you saw that picture of me, I was like at 174, I had basically like a six pack, and now I'm about at 180. Um, I would say I'm probably stronger, but like, I just don't have that like cut physique and it's kind of hard. Cause you know, you get used to like seeing yourself looking that way. And you're kind of proud of it. And then, you know, now look in the mirror. I don't, you know, I can still see my abs, but not, not that well. <laughs> and it's like, where's that balance?
1: So I'd love, love to hear you talk on that a little bit. Well, I think, I think that, man, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I, to maintain the type of physique that most people think they want, you have to do levels of of the things required to get there that you probably don't want. Right. Meaning, you want that physique, but even the physique that you look at and think you want, most... I'm just going to say the word guys and mean it broad to cover females yeah. and females. Most guys, most people don't understand what that person a does to get there and two, what they have to do to stay there. And and three, how miserable they are. And I know that because <laughs> yeah. I've worked with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I the, feel like just, just jump in real quick. Like, you know, these, these ideals that we're kind of having our mind and we're shooting for, like, you know, the guy on the billboard or the movie star on TV and they take their shirt off or whatever. Like we don't realize it, but like those people I, I'm, I'm guess you can, tell me if I'm wrong here, but like those people probably were on like a cut cycle for like three weeks to get there, to pose for that picture for the billboard or like in, you know, in to get into that movie, they don't necessarily, and maybe some people do, but I think most people don't even that have that physique that like, you know, Greek God looking body don't walk around all day of their life. Normally like that, like they were on a cut cycle to get to that point.
1: They, they don't walk around like that. Right. So the, the, to, to get to that level, you have to be at a pretty significant calorie deficit. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the calorie deficit's minor, or if the calorie deficit's really, really big, you're going to experience hunger, right? I mean, the, it is a survival mechanism, meaning if you're not getting enough energy, the body is sending cues to you to eat, right? So when when the deficit is so significant that you're getting into really low levels of body fat and you're getting really, really lean, those cues compound exponentially to the point of where there's even, and this is true of me. And and if I can remember to incorporate my own story in this, I will. There's reports of, I mean, people obsessing about food to the point of keeping like a shoebox full of recipes that they want to try once they stop dieting. Right. And (laughs) so that's, that's That's funny, but it's sad on another end there's a social aspect that exists. Most of those people, they're not going out to eat and they are never deviating from the nutrition plan. Yeah. So sustainability and therefore consistency dr- will drop dramatically. You have to eat pretty much only single ingredient foods because that's the only way you can be precise in terms of your tracking. So to, I think the entire the entire idea behind what you're saying is if you want to be there, people will often ask like, well, you know, here's my, here's my weight. Do you think we can get there? And I will tell them we can get anywhere you want. The question really is, is do you want to suffer to the degree that it's going to take to get you there? <laughs> and yeah. if you say that, then yes. And, and something else, and sorry, I just got all sorts of thoughts. When you, when you diet to that level, right. And we're not even talking about diet, like someone's really, really overweight, trying to lose weight. We're talking about guys that are already maybe relatively lean, but trying yeah. to get really, really lean. Calorie deficits, especially that significant are extremely hard on the body. They, 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 cause a significant stress to the body. If you leave a person in that state forever, it will ultimately hurt a lot of the hormones involved mm. with weight loss and just pure metabolic processes. After a person gets to that level, they're doing an intentional diet where they bring calories up and you can mitigate a lot of the weight loss. You can get a lot of, you can mitigate a lot of the weight gain that comes with that, but you were, most people are not living there right. forever. Right. So yeah, I, you know, a, cu- a couple of the things that I'm thinking of to whenever someone comes to our program. So they'll, you know, they'll say, well, like, what should my weight be then? And I th- we always take it very fluid. Like If you're at if you're at if a person comes and they're at two thirty and they say, I want to get to one seventy, I'll say, Why don't we get to two fifteen and then have a have a talk and say, How do you feel? Do you want to go lower? does going lower provide you anything beyond just seeing this lower number on a scale? Do you, does your physical fitness improve? Do you reduce risk of injury? Do your lab markers get, is there any value in going lower? Yeah. Because if not, why are you putting yourself through that stain, strain to see this number on a scale? Mm. So we'll have this conversation of, well, they'll always ask, well, what do you think I should weigh? And it's never anything to do with like a BMI. It's the weight that you can do the things that you love to do without risk of injury and the weight that doesn't cause or perpetuate a chronic disease. Anything below that doesn't really guarantee you anything. Yeah. You know? So I think that that's part one. The other thing is that when you're setting up a program for yourself, remembering to measure things by variables you can control rather than the outcomes, you could do everything right but you have no control if that scale moves five pounds or 10 pounds or 15 pounds. But instead you feel like you failed. If you don't see that scale move to the degree that you were expecting it to, Mm. it'd be better to measure variables. Did you go to the CrossFit gym three times? Did you pack your lunch? Did you take jerky and an apple every day this week rather than three candy bars? Did you, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Measuring things that you have control over as opposed to outcomes. So, Yes, I think, you know, looping it back to your initial question, all of the things that you had said are true. People don't live there. They had normally just finished or are going through some sort of a quote unquote cut to get there. They yeah. take the pictures and they immediately visit a buffet. <laughs> that, that's yeah, true. That is that, true. That's no, not even that's, funny. That's the reality. No,
0: yeah. Like I um, I remember having that kind of realization. I was listening to, have you heard the podcast Mind Pump before? Oh, Yeah. Okay, it's all about like bodybuilding, which is not, I never really got into this for aesthetics, but it's easy, you know, when you're a guy like me, who's, you know, for a long time was pretty chubby to a point where I was like, actually obese for a while. Um, And then you actually get to the point where it's like, dude, I can see my abs and I have a six pack. It's kind of like, whoa, it's kind of sweet. And then you kind of want to like ride that. But then I remember having this like aha moment of like, like you can't sustain that like it's like you just said like it it can be you know and people's different people's bodies are different but it can be like detrimental to your health and um like when you see dudes that are like just you know sub five percent body fat like just ripped it's like yeah they did that for a specific purpose for a specific time period to do this photo shoot or shoot this film or whatever and then they don't like walk around like that every day so that was kind of an aha moment but um it's kind of almost having to retrain yourself, and which is kind of leads me to my next question: is like, uh, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, I'm sure we could get into it really deeply, but, um, you know, basically, bottom line: if you want to lose weight, you got to be in deficit. Now, let's say like me, I'm kind of at a healthy, good weight. I'm in pretty good shape. Um, now, I want to kind of shift my focus to performance nutrition. So what from a high level, and then maybe we can drill down deeper, like what, what are those kind of shifts going to look like in my day to day?
1: I think the easiest thing to remember is calories are going to drive your weight, no matter what the goal is. Macronutrients, which is where those calories are coming from, are going to be the main driver of performance, right? So the main macronutrients are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And each of those have a role to play, right? So one thing that I love looking at it like is it's like a person owns their own nutrition company, the carbs, the proteins, and the fats are the employees. Mm -hmm. They've all got a job to do within the company. Now, certainly you could take the resources from one department and give it to another, but that department's going to suffer, right? And so it would be better to, as you're setting up this company, set it up in a way that allocates the resources to each department to do the job that the company needs to get done. Hmm. The main job of carbohydrates is its providing energy to the muscle cells and the brain. The main job of protein is recovery and repair. The main job of fat is the transport of hormones and the transport of nutrients. So as you're sitting down and you're thinking about performance nutrition, you're likely number one going to gear your your calorie intake more towards maintenance. Rather than a deficit to where you're still losing weight, mm-hmm. so you'd likely bring your calories up some. But this goes back even to the basics that you were talking about earlier. We're not talking about a huge swing where you know it's like the bro, um, the bro bulk diet, right? Where you're just pounding <laughs> everything in sight in the name of gains. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a recipe for throwing weight on quick and putting you in a position you don't want to be in the the maintenance it's going to vary depending on how significant of a deficit you were initially in but the, the key takeaway there is it's small swings and increases, maybe a, only a couple of hundred calories to be in a position of, to where now you're in maintenance. And and the main idea behind this is, is when you're providing enough calories in the body to do everything that it needs to do, which again, isn't just performance, isn't just training, isn't just hunting in the West, it's not just doing those things. It's pumping your heart, it's letting mm-hmm. your lungs work, it's causing your brain to work, it's allowing you to walk in and out of work and you know, in the office, we're not talking about extraneous stuff. If you were to lay in bed all day, there still is a calorie requirement that you need to stay alive.
0: I mean, even if you're working out like the majority of your calories burned in a day is
1: just operating your body. The largest chunk of them is that. Yeah. So when we're talking about how much does it need to come up, it doesn't need to come up much, but when you shift from a deficit into maintenance, there's now is enough of a provision for everything in the body, plus just a little extra to grow that muscle and push it, push it harder in the gym, right? So that is the main key from that. Now, when you shift towards the performance nutrition piece, and this is kind of part two, you're providing enough carbohydrate to satisfy the type of activity you like. You're providing enough protein to grow and repair the muscle. You do not need giant amounts of protein to grow and repair the muscle. This idea of like a 250-pound guy trying to eat one gram for every pound of body weight to grow muscle, 250 grams of protein is asinine. <laughs> you simply don't need that much. Now, you do need some. I mean, so for some people, they're going to fall into this camp of, I need to put more attention to this, right? Like, So what what that would look like was... When I worked in the outpatient clinic, this would often be in older folks. They'd have a muffin and a mocha during breakfast. Their lunch would typically be a bag of pretzels and a diet coke, and then maybe a snack of like peanut M and M's in the afternoon. Then they would go home and eat a sixty-two ounce ribeye and a baked potato with broccoli. (laughs) Right, so no protein except for one giant dose later in the evening. Yeah. For that person, it would be a better idea to shift towards distributing that throughout the course of the day and meeting the need. For another guy who's eating, you know, pound and six protein drinks a day, trying to drink BCAAs, trying to just all of this extra protein un, unnecessary. You're taking resources from somewhere else in your company and providing them to another division, which means your protein you know, the division looks strong. Everything else looks completely garbage. So if you are if you don't have any energy to train, but you're eating tons of protein because you're pulling from carbs to give it to protein, you need to give more to carbs. Yeah. Right? So at the end of the day, that's really what you're trying to provide is you're trying to provide enough of what you need to cover each job to achieve whatever the ultimate goal is that you want to yeah. achieve. So, okay. So I know like, <clears throat> you know, I'm tempted to
0: ask you a bunch of really specific questions about myself, but this is, (laughs) well, yeah, but at the same time, like I want to have a case study. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But at the same time, I do want to keep it somewhat general and, you know, applicable for, you know, the listener and stuff like that. Um, So I guess it, and I know like the thing with like diet and stuff like that and nutrition is it's so um, individualized and it's so, you know, there's no, it's hard to make blanket statements, Right um but is it possible to you know kind of boil it down to you know not talking about weight loss here but talking about performance nutrition in terms of uh, prioritizing recovery and fueling for a heavy training load or let's say like a 10 day grueling backcountry hunt are there like some high level concepts like two or three concepts or just kind of rules of thumb, maybe um, just from a high level that can help guys kind of fuel better and feel better and recover better.
1: So fi- like five core doesn't have maybe. to be five, but I mean, Yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> well, so I think I, are there to... some high level concepts that kind of, I think there's a couple. So number one, you can't accomplish 95 things at once, right? You can't be trying to lose weight on a hunt plus providing enough energy. So you don't tank when you're trying to dive off some Canyon after an elk, plus you're trying to optimize your nutrition with a bunch of like high quality micro, you can't do a hundred things at one time. You have to find, you have to find a focus and then, and then create your nutrition strategy around that. So if you're prioritizing performance, then focus on that. So in, in that, after you figure out what your main goal is that you want to accomplish, you have to find out what, what is your energy needs to, to do that, whether that's on a 10 day hunt or whether that's at home, trying to build a larger strategy to accomplish this bigger picture of weight loss, weight gain, whatever. You have to know what you need and you have to know what your numbers coming in are. Otherwise, it's just a complete guessing game. Mm. Once that's accomplished, you have to figure out what type of activity are you going to do and how do you want to distribute those calories, right? So the one thing that we say a lot in our program is, if you know your calories then that's the most important thing you have to know because those have to be geared towards the goals sure the distribution of those macros doesn't matter they're completely to preference unless performance or physiology starts to suffer there are thresholds that exist both high and low that if the carbs the fats or the proteins get above or below a certain mark and either performance or physiology suffers even if it's to your preference, it's not giving you what you ultimately want. So we have to change something. So it's, it's known the calories dividing those, those up among the different, the three main groups, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. A non-negotiable portion of those calories need to go to protein and even, and the rest of it should be to preference, meaning don't get rid of stuff that you love. If you like a higher carb diet, I would be an idiot to tell you, you need to eat low carb because you're very unlikely to be compliant to that, which means you're very unlikely to be consistent with that, which means you're very unlikely to ever see anything happen. Mm. And at the end of the day, you don't need to. We know that when we compare diets, if the calories are controlled, a certain portion of those calories are going to protein. The macro distribution, meaning whether it's high carb, low fat, or whether it's uh, low fat, high carb, what whether it's it the the rest of the way that those are distributed does not matter. So when you set a person up for eating in a way that they enjoy, they're far more likely to be successful with it. So like we'll tell people when we sit down with them initially, the less this looks like anything new, the more on track we are to the right thing. Yeah. Nice. Um real so when you go on a backcountry
0: hunt do you have a specific type of dehydrated food do you like or do you bring your own make your own stuff
1: well i started i started nerding out into the diy stuff a couple of years ago so now it's I just, just so much work
0: oh like when it's you're, not though well okay let me let me let me rephrase it when you are doing five like out of state backcountry trips trying to film them um you know 10 days each um like and then like you know stay on top of creating content and all that adding like you know the level of time and planning to like do all your own dehydrated food is just at this point it's too much for me um you know if you're doing one or two a year okay yeah sure do your own food but like for a guy like me or like other guys maybe who just don't have time or don't have the whatever is there like one or two brands that are better or are you, just, are you sticking away from all that and just saying
1: you got to prioritize making your no. own? No. So for first, you know, my, 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 my professional training probably has my mindset around processed foods completely different than everybody else's. Right. And so there's a, there's this idea that processed food is garbage and that's not true. Not all processed food is junk food. Now all junk food is processed. But the flip side of that is not true. So this idea of, you know, a nutritionist uh, saying, you know, not worried about sodium in the backcountry. That's because sodium is the primary electrolyte lost in sweat. And when you're on an early hunt, the more that stuff you can shove in, the better off you're going to be at the end of the day. So I'm not... You know, like I'm not about to tell anyone there's anything you can have or you can't have. It's always the it's always context. It's always the dose that makes the poison. Those things matter now. Because like I, for some, just side note,
0: for first reason, I don't need to get into for the sake of time. I have a mount like I have like cases of Mountain House food. And, like, I know some nutrition people are like, oh, I never eat Mountain House. You know, I do. Um, Okay. Because, like, I don't want to just go buy a bunch of other food. I have all this, like, free
1: Mountain House, like, and I like the way they taste. Like, they they don't seem to bother me. So I'll put it to you like this. So I dehydrate almost all of my own meals. I always buy at least one Mountain House biscuits and gravy, one Mountain House lasagna (laughs) because I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Right. So, no, you know, from a, I think, so from a, from a high level standpoint, again, carbs, proteins, and fats, your body recognizes numbers, Mm. not necessary quality. That's a giant rabbit hole that we should go down. So I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that quality doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. There is context to this, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your body is recognizing numbers more than anything else. Meaning, If my DIY stuff matches up with carbs, proteins, and fats to your purchased mountain house, which many people would go down a rabbit trail saying is, they would incorrectly say that's an inferior product. If the numbers are the same, both of those are going to fuel me identically. Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to have a big group of people that say, oh, they just don't sit well with me. Okay, then you're exception to the rule and you should do what works for you. But if you got a guy like you who says, look... I don't have any problem with them. I love the way they taste, and I've got a box of them. I would tell you, knock yourself out. Cool. So that
0: that does lead me to my next question because you said something interesting, which I feel like you know, just to be honest, in Western hunting, there's there's some snobbery going around. Um, <laughs> For like sure. you know, I only I only eat uh, you know whatever. Um, and so <laughs> I've fallen into that trap a little bit sometimes, um, but I'm really glad to hear you say oh, yeah. that. Yeah. That my mountain house is okay. Um, but I do have some snobbery in my backcountry diet because, well, maybe it's not snobbery, but like I said, for so long, I was on this diet of eating really clean, you know, um, very health conscious cause I was needing to, to lose weight. Um, and then, you know, I see, I see other guys, you know, who are like chowing down on snickers and gummy worms and like all this candy and crap. And like, um, and again, like you said, that might work for them or whatever. Um, for me, it's like, dude, I've been eating clean for a year. Why would I take candy bars into the mountains with me? That doesn't compute. So, um, and I know you're kind of, uh, one of your things is gummy bears. And so the, the, the inner snob, the inner Western hunting snob in me wanted to be like, why is he telling people to eat gummy bears? That's candy. And like, so I'm a skeptic there. I'm going to be honest with you. Changed my mind. What's with the gummy bears?
1: <laughs> so that is a, that's another, I mean, it's just a rabbit hole. There's a lot of different reasons. <laughs> so so one, high level, number one, I'm not eating the way that I eat in the backcountry at home, right? Look at, look at me. I'm in my office right now. I spend, you know, I probably work 10, 11, 12 hours a day sometimes. I spend a lot of it in here. I don't need those things. I'm not, what am I fueling, right? I'm, right. I'm sitting down. I don't need those things. When you are, hunt, and I'm just going to use the West as an example because that's where we spend our time, and that was the context of the question you had asked. Yeah. When you look at what is the body... Operate off of from a fuel source whenever intensities get high, like is required in the West it's a predominant. So first of all, the body functions on a dynamic fuel source. Nobody's just a fat burner. Nobody's just a carb burner. Nobody's any burner. It's dynamic, right? But what is interesting is that as that pendulum of intensity shifts upwards, the body relies more and more and more on carbohydrate to the point of where intensities are about as as high as 75, 85% of your total all-out efforts. It's 100% reliant on carbohydrate, fast forward to gummy bears when you are when you're hiking blood is being pulled from the gut given to the legs because that's what's most active you don't want a lot of fat you don't want a lot of fiber you don't want a lot of protein you want easy to digest fuel that is delivered to the legs quickly what better fit than gummy bears? Now, does gummy bear, does it have to be that? Not necessarily. There's a lot of other foods out there that are quick to digest and that are um, low in fat, low in fiber, such as low in protein. Twizzlers, it's going to be everything <laughs> that you already said, which brings me to this next point. The body recognizes numbers, not quality. Now, there are subjective feelings like someone could say, oh, I, you know, I don't eat Twizzlers, What? Whatever, yeah. I don't eat Twizzlers because they made me. They gave me hive once. Whatever, but the point is, is that at the end of the day, the body's not picking up on quality; it's picking up on numbers. So yeah. this, 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 this emotional attachment that we've got to lists of foods that are good and foods that are bad <laughs> is all made up. Yeah. Right. Well, They're are there be-
0: for for the snobs out there? <laughs> are or like for me even like because I'm still like I still would just. I don't know. I just can't. I can't picture whipping out Twizzlers and eating. It. Like it just. I don't why? eat that stuff. I oh, just. Why? I don't eat it in my normal life. Like why would I eat it what's when I was hiking?
1: Different. What's different between when you're hiking and your normal life? Well, I get. I get you. But at the same time, are there any,
0: quote unquote, healthier choices that would do the same thing as like a Twizzler or a gummy
1: bear? No. Right. So let's. <laughs> here, here's here's a here's a great comparison. Most people. If polled, would say that organic, natural, raw honey mm. is processed different than refined sugar. When and this listen, this is my this is not my subjective thoughts on the subject. This is literally what science says. The way the way human metabolism works. When you eat any carbohydrate, the body has to break it down into a in a in, a, in its most simplest form to be absorbed in you if it doesn't get absorbed it's too large and it bypasses you don't get the calories not only would you die because you don't have any fuel you certainly wouldn't have energy to hike three simple sugars is what the body converts those into whether you're whether you've got your own tree full of honey in your backyard or you're going down to the local grocery store Buying refined sugar, the body is converting it into one of those three simple sugars. There is no difference. Mm. Right. But in our minds, we've read and we've been given literature and culture and we've been, you know, our friends and keep in mind, most of these people, zero education on the topic or any idea <laughs> on human metabolism works. Yeah. But this is what we take in. Right. So a lot of the messaging that is involved with culture has been given by just people with yeah. with subjective experiences. Sure. What human metabolism says is that whether this is a Twizzlers or whether this is the organic, raw, red licorice rope that you bought from <laughs> Whole Foods, the body says, look, dude, I don't know where you bought this from. I don't really care. All I'm recognizing is 30 grams of carbohydrate, and so I'm going to get you up this hill. Okay. So when I know that, it's hard for me to say, hey, everyone, hey, general population, hey, client, hey, you know, guy coming from the East who's already forked over five grand for a guided hunt. You just bought a new rifle. You've got, got, what, three grand in cash trying to get your truck out here, plus that freezer that you're running in the back. Well, I'll just spend a couple extra bucks on that licorice rope, even though it does nothing extra than just buying Twizzlers. Okay. Right. And when I know that, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to indulge in the, western snobberies, you would say although i am very sure i would make more friends but i can't dude i just yeah. can't say that because it's not true oh i like
0: it so but what i did hear you say was i could do honey if i want to keep my snobbery going you could do
1: honey you could do you could also do white sugar if you want it you could okay, do whatever you wanted. a tablespoon of sugar okay
0: yeah. um do you do you bring candy bars back with you
1: of course I bring candy bars back. <laughs> you know, is that you know, just
0: you know, just for like a is that just for like a tasty, extremely calorie dense, easy to digest
1: is that why? Or you just want to or what's all all of the above for a couple of reasons. So one, I you know, I don't just sit around snacking on Snickers at home. So it's like i I was I once weighed two seventy. I ate a lot of Snickers in my day, right? <laughs> I like the ability to know like I have these sometimes. Second to that is to meet the energy demands of what we do back there. Mm-hmm. It would be, well, number one, it would be very challenging with just whole food. Number two, my stomach doesn't do well with just whole food because there's so much fat, there's so much fiber, and there's mm-hmm. so much protein. All of those things delay digestion in the gut. And whenever you've got blood not going to the gut, you've got those three things there, plus you've got a a hip belt pack that's cinched around your stomach. I've just, it's, it's a recipe for indigestion. So you get a lot of guys complain about, oh man, I just, my stomach is in shambles in the mountains and they are quick to blame mountain house. And most of the time I'm like, it's everything else. Yeah. It is. It's this combination of things. Number one, that you can't, you can't help. You've got physical exertion. You don't have any oxygen because you're above altitude. You've got a hip pelt. You've got a hip. You've got a belt hip belt around yeah, your you. waist cinch yeah. tight you've got a bunch of like organic high fiber oat <laughs> bars that you're trying to pile in one on top of the other no wonder you feel terrible why don't you switch to having like your own trail mix which is nothing but raisins cheerios and some almonds loosen up the hip belt a little bit and start you know trying to process some of this stuff and those things go away Yeah. And now listen, I'm going to, I don't want to become known as this guy who doesn't care about quality. Quality does matter, but it's most of that quality piece is made up in our mind. It does have a place though, when you're talking about general nutrition, when a guy does have a set of goals and we'll use you as an example, because you, you had, you had started down that path when you've been losing your weight and you were focused on the word you keep using is clean foods and you were focused on clean foods those foods are more satiating they are more nutrient dense they are way easier to hit a calorie deficit on if you try to fill a stomach with 1500 calories worth of 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 snickers that guy's going to be pretty hungry during the day. Mm -hmm. If you try to do the same thing, 1500 calories full of nutrient dense whole foods, that dude's going to have no problem hitting that calorie goal. There's value to quality foods, but this, this like demonizing of all of these other foods. And I think you said it well, there's like this, this, this elitist mentality also is just unjustified. If a guy personally has a subjective problem with those foods, don't take them. Right what you can't brought you can't cast the net wide and say these are the reason we're all dying just because of a simple <laughs> sugar molecule. No, it's always the dose that makes the poison, and literally from a from a metabolic standpoint, most of what you're arguing doesn't process the same way it does processes the exact same way,
0: okay, awesome. well, I feel better now maybe i'll maybe I'll try it out and bring some gummy bears this time, <laughs> um, although I don't personally like gummy bears that much, but I'll find something else um, okay coming up on the time here. I usually like to keep these things about an hour, but I do want to hit one more thing that I feel like probably you may not have been asked before. Um, but you know, spirituality is kind of one of the themes of the podcast and you mentioned going to Bible school and stuff. And, um, you know, I think in the West we're very much, um, way too far on the side of compartmentalizing body, mind, and spirit. Um, whereas, you know, really in, most of Eastern thought and most of, anyway, I believe that we're, our body, mind, and spirit are much more interconnected than most people in the West believe. Um, So that being said, you know, nutrition, we always kind of, you know, link nutrition directly to our physical bodies. And of course that is the main point there, but I think there's also a lot of correlation between what we eat and how we eat. And not only our mental health, but our spiritual health, how we actually feel like if we have anxiety or if we feel down or whatever. Do you um, feel there's a connection between nutrition and mental or
1: spiritual health? I mean, I, I, I certainly agree that those three things are connected in that how you view one is going to view others And in one, I will also share this one thing that's had a dramatic shift on my life is the realization of how I see myself affects my behavior, right? So changing the way that I see myself so my behavior aligns with that rather than sulking in my emotions and, and letting my emotions drive my actions rather than letting what I want to be, be the driver of my actions has been a dramatic change in me for me. Um, I, you know, as far as like, and this may not be what you're asking. So I don't want to, I don't want to go down a hole. You're not, uh, open up a can. You're not opening, but I, you know, I don't, I haven't observed there being a direct correlation between certain nutrition components and the reduction of depression, anxiety, et cetera. Hmm. But I do think that if a person feels good about the foods that they're choosing and it affects their body in a positive way, which isn't even necessarily a change on a scale, but what they're able to go do now that, how can that not affect anxiety, depression and and some of these other things, right? So if you start making positive shifts towards food, that you're proud of that results in you feeling like, you know what? I'm going to go for a hike today because that corresponds with another healthy behavior. You start mm-hmm. hiking, your physical performance improves. Now all of a sudden your outlook improves, right? Like, so I do think that decisions have a cascading effect right in, in that way. If that, yeah. I don't know which one of those two you were kind of talking about, but no, that's, that's good. But you don't think that there's like, um, any
0: type of foods or like a diet that might actually directly correlate to feeling bad mentally
1: or like, I think, I think excess. Yeah. Excess of anything. I mean, and that's, that is something that comes up all the time in our program. There's nothing good and bad. It's always the dose that kills us for sure. And that is one thing that we struggle with so much here is the dose I have seen people purchase the most expensive highest quality ingredients and not and, and be 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 so much in excess of their need they can't lose weight and that does affect their outlook yeah. likewise like and and I and I'm a firm believer of this because like what hope does that give the person who can't afford those things right yeah. who can't who can't afford the food that seems like you have to purchase this to be here. Right. And in my experience, which this is, again, this is anecdotal. This isn't, this isn't research. This is anecdotal. In my experience, when you set a person up with a plan based on where they're at financially and the resources they've got, not just financially, but what they have access to
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's controlled for them and the weight corresponds to what they want, their outlook improves that affects their anxiety, their depression, et cetera. Yeah. I've always all, found it to, I've just always found it to be that man, like excess of anything, God, you, you mean we could really go down a rabbit hole here and even say money, you know, excess of anything I've, I have found to be really the one thing that just most, that most people who struggle with some of these things, It that's a part of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah totally. And I mean, we've all kind of had that moment where, I don't know, you've been eating really well and doing really good and then, you know, maybe you have a moment of weakness and you crush a whole thing of ice cream and you just kinda of feel guilty after, you know? So maybe that's just coming from the excess, not necessarily the ingredients, like you're saying.
1: So. Well, yeah, I mean in that in that scenario and in that scenario, yes, it's not it's not the dairy or the sugar or the any of these individual things that's driving the weight loss, right? And somebody's listening and saying, Oh well the the dopamine centers of the brain light up like it's heroin. It's the excess of those things that cause all of that. If yeah. that same guy were to have made another choice and he scooped out a quarter cup, half a cup of that ice cream, does he get the same feelings and the same response? Most 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 of our studies say no, he doesn't. So therefore, what's our conclusion? It's not the single things in that product right. that are causing these problems. It's how much of it we eat. And this is the problem with Snickers and Twizzlers and things like that. They're not very filling. They're really, 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 really tasty. So they're easy to overdo. And if someone doesn't have a goal of keeping their weight at at bay, there is no reason to press stop. So they keep going and they keep going, and they keep going, Mm they keep going. And it's really easy to exceed your calorie limit on those type of foods. And that is where they get a poor reputation and why you could potentially call them quote unquote bad foods. But it's all about context when you have those conversations. Cool, man.
0: Well, this has been really interesting. Um, this one flew by, and I really enjoyed it. So, um, but like I said, you know, we got stuff to do. So, I think that'll probably <laughs> do for today. But is there anything else that you just want to say, real quick, in closing, or um, you know, where can people go if they want to hear more of your stuff, or even talk to you about coaching and that kind of stuff? Because uh, this conversation will probably spark a lot of questions, and though I am happy to answer questions, I think Kyle would be a much better resource if you're really serious about, you know, taking control of your life, your nutrition, whether that be weight loss or performance nutrition. Um, I know he'd be really happy to help you out. So, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I want to say I want to say thank you to you for having me on. I want to say congratulations to you on the exposure and the success that you've had over the last oh, thanks, year. Man. It's appreciate been cool. It. You've handled yourself really well and, and it makes me excited for you. So I wanted to say congrats. If someone has questions or anything, I'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, so our website, everything is lumped under, v2p nutrition and the two in that is the number so it's v2p nutrition.com that's the instagram handle that's the facebook page the podcast is the valley to peak nutrition podcast um so yeah if you're if you're interested in if you've got a question if you're interested in coaching there's man there are so many free resources that we've put out you can check those out take advantage of those anything you're interested in is likely linked in one of those spots, either the website, the Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Cool.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate your time and this has been a cool conversation. So uh, appreciate you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks.